0: Trust that the weather is good, the sun is shining, and why don't you, across campus, just tell the person next to you, I just love your outfit today. (laughs) We've got a half night of prayer coming up this Friday, 7 to 11 p.m. These are such powerful, powerful nights uh, come and get your breakthrough. Let me give you a couple of verses. Hebrews 11:6. 6. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You want a reward from God? Seek Him and it's yours. It is that simple. It's not rocket science. It's easy. Just seek Him and He'll answer. Then it says, uh, Luke 11, nine, 9 to 11. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Everyone who asks Friday night will receive. He who seeks Friday night is going kind to of find. And he who knocks on Friday night, the door will be open. So join us across campuses, Friday night, seven to 11, be there. I want to show you a clip that we put together about New Zealand and beyond, and uh, it just shows you the impact that this conference is having across the nation. So check this out as the lights go down.
1: There is just such an atmosphere here that has been built up by prayer where the Holy Spirit moves and it's not like anywhere I've been before.
2: It's all about us working together as the body of Christ. I love the focus of New
1: Zealand and beyond that it's equipping the church. Fantastic to get that spiritual
2: uplift.
3: But this is all about wanting more so we can be more, so we can go beyond ourselves to our, our community and to for our, our cities, our
1: nation. Yeah, to other people. It so helped us to, as a church, to look more outside of our four walls. We also feel that this conference is what New Zealand needs in order for us to reach our nation and the nations of the world. Such a benefit to us. We get amazing teaching, we get fantastic worship, something to think about, it trains our teams. It's great for our people because they know that wherever they go throughout the week, that they are living on the edge of mission. So I commend to you, if you can get to New Zealand Beyond 2019, be there.
0: just amazing the national impact yeah. this conference is happening and churches are getting the vision, getting outside the four walls to reach the nation. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place and Holy Spirit, as we come to your word, we invite you to speak to us. Yeah. Lord, individually, but also as a church family across campuses, Lord, that together we would hear your voice and Lord, what you would say to us that we might continue to be one church with one vision, one DNA in many locations. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come upon your word. Come upon your servant. Come upon each one of us all across this nation and the nations to receive, Lord, what you would say to us this morning in the power of your spirit. We ask in Jesus' name. Everyone said. I wonder if there is anyone in this place that doesn't want more from your life? More purpose, more fulfillment, more success, more answers to prayer, more guidance, more of God. I wonder if there's anyone in this place that would just say, I've just got it all. (laughs) I don't need anything more in life. There's a search, isn't there? Isn't there a search in all of us? Because we kind of know there's more, and the fact is there is more, and the whole world knows it. So everybody's searching, everyone's looking, but most of them looking in the wrong places. They're looking for success, they're looking for money, they're looking for another relationship, they're looking for sex or drugs, or, you know, the list just goes on, just live on the screen, whatever it is, it's This search for more, but so often in the wrong place. But I have good news for you today, is that I actually have the answer. Aren't you pleased about that? For God fulfilling your heart's desire for more. I have the answer. I'm not going to tell you what it is. (laughs) The answer is actually just two words. All in. All in and all out. For Jesus, our Saviour. Because that results in the best possible life you could ever have on this planet. If you can get that revelation, if something can click in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, that all out for God, all in, you know, but there's so many things that we kind of hold back, don't we? If you could ever get to that place, it will change your life forever. The journey of a thousand miles starts with a single and I know every one of us wants to be all in. There's not a person here. No one a person across our campus who doesn't want to be all in. It's, it's just within us. So let's have a look at uh, an all in scripture, shall we? Uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Some of you probably can recite it without even looking at your Bibles or the screen. But in case there's one or two who can't do that, let me read it to you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. That word beseech, they reckon it's like a, a dying man crying out for mercy. It's like a desperate, desperate plea from the heart of God to you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Surrender to the Lord. History turns on a dime, and a dime is a defining decision that takes about 30 seconds of courage to change your life forever. Peter did it when he got out of the boat. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did it when they refused to bow down to the idol. Esther did it when she said, I'll go in and see the king, even if it costs my life. Probably took 30 seconds, that's what they say, of courage. Have you got 30 seconds? of courage today to make a decision that you know God's been talking to you about for ages. I just got a text come through this morning. I don't know how they worked it out, but they said last week I had 69% screen time, less, less screen time. I thought that was a good achievement. I challenge all of you, 69% less screen time next week. That's, that's a courageous decision if you would dare to do that. You've got to give away all your excuses of why you need to be on the screen though, don't you? You can make a decision today that changes your history, changes your entire future. You don't have to make a hundred steps. Just and you're going This will become clearer as we go. Here's a few examples. Uh, Thirty seconds of courage. Make a decision. I'm going to get my church. My. <laughs> I'm going to get my family to church every Sunday. How many of you know that will change your life, your family's life, and generations to come? It will change them forever. For eternity, 30 seconds of courage. Why don't you try that one? Or how about fasting one day a week? Yeah, true. Just skip morning tea once a week. Lunch once a week. 30 seconds ago, serve in church. Turn off the TV. Yeah, I can see you're getting really excited about this. Okay. I mean, it's almost overwhelming. I can hardly handle the response. Uh, open the
1: Bible?
0: Yeah. Yeah. A 1% change, given enough time, can make a 99% difference in your life. A 1% change. What is that 1% you could do? That makes it doable, doesn't it, for you, for me, for all of us. We can, we can all do that. One step of surrender, and I, I just love this thought. One step of surrender can be worth more than a 1000 phenomenal sermons by the best preachers in the world. One step. Because the best sermons in the world are the sermons you do something with. The preacher may have been useless, you may have been half asleep while they preach, but suddenly they said something, you thought, wow, that's that's the moment. And as you listen today across campuses, would you just listen, don't listen for a great sermon, you're not going to get it, alright? Forget that, it's just not going to happen. I can't deliver those. I can tell you what, I can deliver the voice of God to your heart. Because I've waited in the presence of God. I've stood before the Master to hear for you what God wants to speak into your heart. Forget the great sermon. Tune into the voice of the Spirit. That will change your life forever. All in applies to families. And family is not always easy to do. So this is kind of like a joke. Winston Churchill's, and even if it's not funny, laugh. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Winston Churchill's words at World War II. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. That sounds like our family. I should have said your family. (laughs) So, family is the foundation upon which society is built. Is that true? And so, when the family starts to fall apart, it's devastating. And so, the enemy knows this there's an enormous war on the family. And so, we really have to work hard at maintaining family in all areas of our lives. One family, the natural family, has pretty much disintegrated to a large measure, which is tragic. But God has established another family, which we hope is going to do a lot better, and that's the family of God. As Church Unlimited across campuses, we really are a family. And when we make an effort to be really connected to the family, mostly through a small group, we have people who are going to care for us. We have people who are going to love us. I just want to be honest with you for a few moments right now is that I have people in this church who deeply care about me. Seriously. And so when I'm struggling, which is fairly often, (laughs) to be honest, I turn to my relationships within this church. And they help me through the battles. They help me through the struggles of which there have been many of late. And sometimes I think to myself, you know, if I'm really honest, I couldn't do this journey without them. It's just too hard. I don't know if that applies to anyone else in this house, in this room. But the reason I have the care and the support is because I'm connected. I'm all in. I'm involved. And the more you're into the family, the more the family will be all in for you, to help you and support you and to care for you. And so this is what church family is about. God never intended you to do life alone. And often your natural family, often it's not enough. Because the church family is connected to the power of God. The church family can break through for you. Your natural family, unless they're all Christian, they, they pretty much can't do that. And so you, you need a church family. You need to be connected. I, I think of the, um, the, the cripple that needed healing, but he couldn't get it. So there was four friends who were kind of connected to Jesus who put him on the bed Rip through the roof, and that's what friends will do for you. They will. And they, they got him to Jesus and got him healed. So he had, this, he had this church family, if you like, around him. So when the crunch came and the chips were down, his faith wasn't enough to get him through. And I'm telling you, sometimes my faith's not enough to get me through. So I need others around me that can help me through the battle. And, of course, my own family is a massive help in this as well, because many of them are all saved, they're all Christians. But then there's also the church family, and kind of this is the way it it really does work. And uh, I think the only way everyone can be cared for, to be honest, in a meaningful way, is if we all are part of a small group. Because then you have a support system right there. It's almost like your emergency department is right there. You know, the power of God is right there. Because when two or more are gathered in your name, there am I in the midst. When two agree is touching anything, God's going to move and answer. Some of your breakthroughs you'll never get on your own. Some of my breakthroughs, God says, I will not give it to you on your own. You've got to have people around you who are going to pray with you and join with you that you are connected with so you can get your breakthrough. Thanks for those seven claps. It's a good effort, appreciate it a lot. Someone observed this. This is for all the campuses, all right, including the city and the west, everybody. Uh, someone of the families are like fudge, mostly sweet with a few nuts. <laughs> Just ask the person next to you, are you one of those nuts? So what makes for a wonderful church family? What, 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 what do you need? Let me give you a few thoughts. It's a place of love and acceptance. A place where everyone is equal, regardless of age, culture, race, or status. I reckon Churchill is pretty good at that, to be honest. I really do. I think we do well there. We always do better, but we do well. It's a place of healthy relationships. It's a place of wonderful friendships. That's what a good church family makes for a good family. And I think we all agree with those characteristics. But there's another characteristic or quality that makes a fantastic church family. And that is when everyone does their part. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone does their share. Yeah. You know, the word family comes from Latin, famulus, F-A-M-U-L-U-S. For those of you who don't know, I was extremely good at Latin at school. I really was. I was, I was good at I just Somehow there was something in me that connected with Latin. Maybe there were some Romans in my genealogy back there or something. I don't know. But, but Latin just kind of got my attention. Mind you, I was pretty good at French as well. That's probably why I enjoyed France. Uh, but that's nothing to do with message, all right? It's just a thought there. But the <laughs> formulas, you know what it means? Write this down somewhere. Thank you for everybody getting out your pen. I just noticed that. I'm sure Ray's doing better. You know what it means? It means... A servant. A servant. Doesn't that sum it up? Family is about serving one another. A good family works if everyone serves one another. Natural family, church family. 1 Peter 14, as each one has received a gift, minister to one another. You've all got a gift. God says, now, use it not on yourself. Use it on someone else that they can be blessed by it. So as a family, we've got to be all in, all into doing dishes. Uh All into vacuuming. All into putting out the rubbish. Uh Some of these anointings God did not bless me with. I mean, they are anointing. They're gifts. You know, I just missed some of those. But when a family shifts house, all in? Unless the family's dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. So Wall Street Journal did a survey, and it came up with some really interesting things. How many of you would like to make a million dollars? Anyone up in Kaita? Rotorua? Sydney, there's not many at West, they've already got millions, (laughs) but other places I know you want, you know what they said? You've got more chance of making a million dollars if you make your bed. Make your bed. Make your bed. It starts your day in a constructive, productive way. How many bed makers do we have in the house? (laughs) <laughs> How many liars do we have in the house? i are going to get to a point soon, all right, We're going to get to a point. They also said successful people wave to their neighbours. Do you know why? They connect with people. Successful people also, <laughs> you're in trouble now, they don't yell at other drivers. What's that about? Listen, you keep your emotional intelligence in check. Do you want more? Got one more for you. You're all in trouble here. Pick up trash. Do you know why? It means no job is too small for you. This is success. This is success. The point is this, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Yeah. To change your history of your life starts with one step. Yeah. Make your bed. <laughs> Pick up the trash. Yeah. Stop yelling at drivers. Wave to your neighbors. Yeah. Open your Bible. <laughs> Fast one day a week. Get your family. To... What it is. Hello. Yes, Donald Trump. Mm. Wanting some help with the elections. Yeah, look, I'm busy right now. Call me back later. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye. Family. My parents, with incredible courage and bravery, with two daughters, probably one or two years old, caught a boat and came to New Zealand to start a new life, hopefully a successful life. Some of you know that my uncle, my dad's brother, had made a previous trip, he'd already died in New Zealand age 19, buried in Whanganui. The courage, the, the strength of character to still pursue the dream, the vision, was just unusual. was enormous. I sometimes pray, I hope I've got some of that courage and vision in me. And so they came to New Zealand and against all the odds, they succeeded. People all around them were still today aren't succeeding, but they succeeded. And it was just an amazing feat. And I've thought about this. And I've wondered, what was it? What what was it? How come they could do it? And there was one key, I believe, that helped them succeed against all the odds. Do you know what that key was? The family was all in To make this a success. And so the whole family made enormous sacrifices. It was just massive. And one of the things was that, you know, from the youngest age that I can remember, we we all worked like crazy. We worked in the shop before school, we worked after school, we worked throughout the holidays, we worked on Saturday, on Sunday. My first holiday was at the age of 17. And the reason we did that is that we were all in to make this vision happen, to bring it to pass. (laughs) Sometimes we wouldn't have much choice at being all in, but never mind. (laughs) It's beside the point. But that's actually what it took. And I think it's true for any vision of significance. In order to make it work, it really does require... A good amount of sacrifice. We didn't have a lot of money in those days. Money was tight. So for, for a birthday, for my birthday, you would get one toy. One present. Everyone say one. I say bring back one. Okay, not five, not ten, not fifteen, not a hundred toy, just, just one. It was tight in those days. And you know, you learned to go without. And it was a great thing, but it, we did whatever it took to make it a success, and the same is true for a church family across all our campuses. When we are all in to what God is saying, well, the results will be out of this world. They'll be beyond comprehension. <laughs> Ephesians four sixteen From whom the whole body, joined and knit together, by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Not more, not less, but just 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 share. Every part does its share, causes the body for the edifying of itself in love. And the more healthy a family, the better the relationships and the more everyone is all in. So everyone turns up to the 21st when the family's all in. Everyone turns up to the wedding. And everyone does their part to make the wedding a success. They'll even contribute financially. They'll bring gifts. Even if the wedding is overseas. Maybe it's in Samoa or Fiji. Fiji or Australia, some other part of the world, people, what will they do? They'll take annual leave. They'll fly across at great expense. Why? Because it's a family event and they are all in. That's how family works. And that's how the church family is designed by God to work as well. So for Church Unlimited, our biggest family event takes place once a year at the Trust Arena called New Zealand and Beyond. And as the spiritual father, if you like, of this huge family, I invite our entire church family. I invite Kaitaya to join us. I invite Whangarei to be all in. I invite the city to come along, or everyone in West to be a part of it. From Rotorua, come join us. Your family, we want you. We'll miss you if you don't come. Sydney, Tuvalu, we're all in. See it as our annual family camp, if you like we see it as a mission struggle. I don't care how you see it, but help your family, help your church family fulfill the calling God has placed on us as a family to host this conference that will change New Zealand, will save souls, will help us love our communities. And with that note, we have got an interview that we are going to do right now, and Pastor Helen is going to lead us in that. Thank you. Give her a hand.
1: Well, good morning church, I have the coolest um, opportunity to interview a couple of our family members So um, <clears throat> we're going to invite Andrea and Skifford to come and tell And they're just going to share a little bit about them being a part of NZB um, And how ha- having an all-in faith is super important to us as a church So why don't you put your hands here, you. this is Andrea <clears throat> Angie has been a part of the church since February and um, she came along to NZB, got super inspired and uh, God has been stirring you to do something cool with your local primary school. Why don't you share with us what's happened?
3: Um, my husband Simon and I um, chose a local school for our um, our daughter Charis to attend and God asked us to start a prayer group for the school and that was really interesting given that we didn't know anyone and she hadn't started yet so... Um, I began meeting with a couple of mums and we were just basically trying to key into what the Holy Spirit was wanting to do with our school. And we have seen just amazing things happen. Um, And that was the start of our unexpected adventure.
1: (laughs) So as a result of the prayer meetings that God inspired you to do for your local primary school, what are a couple of things that have happened because of that? Um...
3: I was invited to take Bible in schools, in our school, Um, and uh, we started a community response for prayer for our own community of Te Peninsula, Um, and that was because um, a member of our community was brutally murdered three years ago, and I didn't know that person, but we started that, and um, I was also asked by God to put my name in for our school board of trustees and uh, I was nominated and I'm the deputy chair for our school which might sound amazing but there was weeping and gnashing of teeth because if I had a bucket list with 50,000 things on it they wouldn't have been on it. (laughs) Um, So uh, our school principal was here on Wednesday at the light party because we'd advertised it in our um, school newsletter and she uh, along with several families came and she asked me to Thank our church for putting on such a great event. And that doesn't happen, I know, that doesn't happen without relationship and God's positioning.
1: Yeah, so, because of a prayer, because of a praying for your local school, but also praying for your community, you're seeing God open up opportunities. Yeah. So, being all in means family for us. And so, what's maybe one thing that you can encourage us why we need an all in faith? Um,
3: I think an all in faith isn't doing more. It's trusting in the absolute amazing goodness of God that he's not going to give us a snake or a stone when he invites us to partner with him. And God's going to get his will done on this earth with or without our family. Um, And we don't have to do all this stuff. We get to do it. And um, for us, a friend of ours says often, the big is actually in the small. And it's the small prayer group that keeps going year in, year out. And it's the small acts of obedience that bring the changes. So that's what it is for us. So good. Thank you so much,
1: Andrea. I'm just gonna invite Skipper.
0: awesome. I'm
1: just gonna invite Skipper, just uh, real quick. So Skipper led Love the City. Skipper, if you um, can just tell really briefly what the heart of Love the City was.
2: Cool. So, Love the City is a movement where people from all around the city come together to show random acts of kindness um, to people in our community. The goal is to show love with no agenda, meaning that what we, we show we we show love expecting nothing back.
1: Awesome, and um, Skip, if you can share because I was a part of that day. But what's one example of a life being impacted because of Love the City? Yeah.
2: Cool. I'm actually going to read this out because I don't want to mess it up. But um, I think this for me is the reason why I do it, um, so I'm just going to read it out. It says, I'm currently six months pregnant, alone with a father not around anymore, and although I don't practice any kind of a religion, I do find myself complaining to God about not guiding or protecting me like people say he, sh- he should, but most of all, lately, for not loving me. I thought because of all my mistakes, I was really coming to what I thought was an end, of my- end in my life. Some way, somehow, no one cared anymore. I was secretly brought to tears and thanks when I was given gifts and chocolates from random strangers in Sandringham a few weeks ago, telling me I had been love-bombed. My silent prayers and complaints have finally been answered, and I can now stop thinking about ending my life and live knowing that at least someone out there loves me, if, even if no one else does. Um. And, just, <laughs> and
1: just lastly, Skip, um, why... Why is it important, like what inspired you to have an all-in-faith?
2: Um, New Zealand and beyond. <laughs> no, it is, it's true. I think the conference, we see, we bring in so many people that speak about their cities and they share stories about like, I just remember Ellen Scott speaking about all these amazing things happening in the city, and um, Mike Pulavachi, all the youth rallies he's doing, and, and my hope is that one day we can share our own stories. Um, and maybe one day we don't have to bring these people in but we, we've, we send people out to share what God is doing here because I believe that God loves the city and um, I believe God loves every person outside of these walls the people far away from faith the people that are unloved from the highest to the lowest I believe God loves them and um, how will they know if we don't show them so that's my heart well,
1: why don't you put your hands together for Andrew and Stipper
0: thank you so much thank you uh, it's just great to see what God's doing you know, through the influence of our our conference, of people just getting a heart for our city, heart outside the four walls, and people just being used by God in ways they never ever thought God would actually use them. It's amazing. So the church family is now the hope of the world. I think the natural family's had its day. I mean, it's God will keep doing it, but it hasn't accomplished what it should have or could have. And so the stronger the church family, the stronger society and the stronger the nation so I think we need to put everything we can into making the church family all God intended it to be because the enemy will do all he can to stop the church family functioning as it should. So Church Unlimited across all our campuses, you know, let's, if we function as our church family should, if we're all in for Jesus, we're all in for our mission, we will turn New Zealand to Jesus. We will bring transformation to this nation. As we do, and I want to encourage us, you know, we can do this. Uh, we'll see our family and friends come to Christ. Let's unite like never before. Let's do this together. You know, listen just for a moment because I feel that the, the enemy is starting to say, he knows what's happening through church and women across campuses. I think he's starting to say, I've got to stop this church. I've got to stop this movement because it has the potential to reach this nation and the nations of the world. I want to encourage you to be alert and be on your guard like never before. Ramp up your praying. This is war. (laughs) This is the battle. And we're fighting for this nation and for the nations of the world. And the enemy is not at all happy. But let's join together. At New Zealand and beyond, you know, let's bring the whole family together. We cater for everybody, we cater for the children, we cater for the young people. It's going to be massive, massive fun. In fact, recently we were praying at our Thursday night prayer meeting, and I just felt the Holy Spirit begin to speak to me that one of the things He, I think, that He wants to do at New Zealand Beyond next year, actually, is actually to heal families. When we started praying for it, I just thought, Oh God, I've never ever thought of. A conference healing families. You know, I thought it was all about healing the nation. Well, you think about it. If we're going to heal the nation, I think God needs to heal the families. Yeah, yeah, it's a part of the deal. And you know, as you as you help bring the church family together, I believe God will help bring your family together. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's sowing and reaping, and God working together. And how many of you like doing jigsaw puzzles? By the way, well, I've got a few puzzles here for you, and. Uh, I'm not giving them away, by the way. And my wife said, "Are you going to open these up? Because you better not lose a piece of these." So I said, "No, they will not be open." Adrian loves doing thousand-piece tigs or puzzles, but for the last seven years, she hasn't managed to do any, and we won't tell you the reason why. But grandchildren is a possibility. All right. No time. Thousand pieces. So I've got about three of them here. And she, you know, these, she, we, love, we, love, we love the ones that are photos of different places around the world. And, you know, they're quite fun. and Occasionally, you know, I help her out. Any part she can't find, I always somehow find it. You know, <laughs> just, I just say, Jesus, where is it? Oh, there it is. <laughs> so we, we get it done real fast there. But um, how do you feel if a piece is missing? You get to the end and, mm, where is it? And, you know, you turn the house upside down, won't you? You'll look even in the fridge. Like, you'll look anywhere to find that missing piece, and you feel really upset about it. And, you know, New Zealand and beyond is like a 5,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. And so what happens if there's a piece missing? Oh, it's gone. <laughs> can we... Can we <laughs> Thanks, guys. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, with a puzzle, when this piece is missing, the tapestry of what God wants to do is incomplete. And the reason it's incomplete is that no one can contribute what you can. Do You know that? No one can shake hands like you do. No one can smile like you do. No one can worship like you do. No one can pray like you do, or impart the church unlimited DNA like you do. No one can love like you do, and God needs what you carry. And so if you're missing, just don't make, let that be your name, if you're missing, then something is missing. Kaitaia, Whangarei, Sydney, West, Rotorua, Tuvalu, Sydney, we're inviting all of you to come and join us. Because if you're not there, we will miss you. Look, last Sunday night, I always had the privilege of leading a pre- preaching and leading a prayer meeting in Invercargill, right down in the far south. And uh, it was an amazing, amazing time. It was an extraordinary meeting. So there's some photos going to come up there. We had 500 people attended, and uh, it was just, uh, yeah, it was just, a, you know, that place normally has 100 people in it, 500 people. It was the first Presbyterian church. I think it was the first church in Dunedin. And um, the, the, the presence of God was ex- just unusual. Yeah. Like I was leading the meeting, I think, God, what do I do with this? This is just so amazing. Wow. Such a presence of God. The song leader said, I've never experienced anything like this yeah. in all my song leading. One of the singers said, this must be heaven. This must be what happened. Such was the presence. Mm-hmm. You ask the question, why? I'll tell you why that happened. When, when the church comes together... As a body, different churches, different leaders, different denominations, like we're going to do at New Zealand and beyond, I'm telling you, it gets the attention of heaven. It creates an atmosphere, a presence, and a power where almost anything can happen and we just had a, a, such an amazing time. In fact, even when they introduced me, this is what God's doing through New Zealand. Beyond. They introduced me, and they said that you have an open door into the city. This is one of the leaders. Send that, and I thought, wow, that is amazing. Then at the end, they said, we adopt you as one of our own, and so it was, it was just a, a wonderful, wonderful time. But you know, there's been a lot more contention for next year's conference than ever before. Than ever before. I don't know why, but I think we're onto something. Onto something huge. And it's very, very challenging, but it's also an exciting sign that God is going to do something truly amazing. Even the registrations have been slower than usual, and of course, you can help by signing up today. That would really be a help to us. But this series is about taking one step, one sacrifice, 30 seconds of courage to being more all in. Maybe for some of you, that one step of courage could be New Zealand and beyond. That one sacrifice, that 30 seconds it takes to sign up for it. When you put aside time, three days for God, and you make that sacrifice, take some annual leave, I can almost promise you, God will do something in your life. You will take a step forward in being all in. Someone said this, don't live the same life, don't live the same year 75 times and call it a life. Don't live the same life 75 times, call it a life. Do something different. Make a move. Make a shift. Take a step. 30 seconds of courage. It's time to do something different. It's time to join your church family at the family event of the year, New Zealand and beyond, April next year at the Trust Arena. Look forward to seeing you there. Amen.